This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live show here on Twitch. <clears throat> Brought to you by the evil Riccio mm-hmm. and his two sidekicks, Francis Needs a Nap and the Banana. Francis Needs a Nap. That's a good... It's like a kid's book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go to sleep, Francis. Yeah. Francis Needs a Nap. No, I don't want to take a nap. Uh, thank you for joining us so much. As always, the show is brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount all the days of the week. And we do offer free shipping within the continental United States for orders $99 and up. Check us out. Boom. Bang. My mom thinks we did a good job on the web cart. Does Alaska count as a continental U.S.? What do you think? I know what the answer is. A lot of people don't (laughs) seem to know. (laughs) Uh, No. Alaska, Hawaii, the Dominican uh, territories in Guam, none of those count as the continental United States. Yeah. Although, I mean, uh, technically, Alaska is on the same continent. Yes. Uh, that's the argument yeah. that's been brought to my attention before. Someone's like, you should be more careful what you say. I'm like, I think most people know it. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's you know, yeah. within the, the, the 50, I guess not even the 50. It'd be the 48. The lower 48 is what mm-hmm. they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because it costs so damn much to ship to Hawaii. And, international Alaska, shipping. And there's just yes. nothing we can do about it. Yeah. If, if we had control over it, we would. But yeah, so pro tip. Free shipping isn't actually free. Really? Yeah. I know. There's a lot of people who actually think it's free. We negotiated a free rate with the USPS. Yeah. There's there's like so many people who touch the package, gas, vehicles. Like it's not actually free. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Amazon doesn't actually ship things for free. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just not the way it works, unfortunately. So at any rate, uh, check us out if you want to pick some uh, goodies up. Uh, There's quite a a few really cool items on pre-order and we'll talk about that later. But... First big news of the show today, uh, as you all saw, or most of you did, the Las Vegas Open 2019 blew the doors off for registration, broke, shattered every record we've ever had. It's absurd. It was wonderful and amazing and exciting, and we're really, really stoked to have so many people coming. But unfortunately for our flagship 40K events, a lot of people missed out. Some of the events sold out in 2.5 hours, two days for the 40K champs. I mean, it took like four or five months to sell out the 40K Champs in 2018, and it sold out in two days. That's insane. It's so exciting. I mean, it's obviously showing how popular the edition is, how popular the event is. It's extremely flattering. And if you look at the correlation, which always does cause causation, Mm -hmm. is the beards, I feel. I think people respect us so much. I think you're right, Jason. You're, dude, you're you know like what? we have to go to the event. We're gonna the, the next step is connecting the chops. Yeah, just keep going with the facial hair. I feel that's what I'm hearing with all these, this popularity. Because yeah. yeah. you look at this and you're like, I want to go to Vegas. Yeah, you're like these guys command my these attention. These guys know how to party. I think is what they're saying. That yeah. too. That's just implied. Take a nap, that's Francis. <laughs> <laughs> you look so tired, buddy. I feel really Break tired. Bring in the midnight oil. Get all those orders uh, out the door. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. we're short staffed right now. Some of uh. Some of our guys are in, in Japan, which we hope they're having a wonderful time. Just and weaving it. They're weaving <laughs> so hard. Yeah. But unfortunately, that means we have to pick up the slack. And uh, Frankie drew the short straw on this one. Uh, but, of course, we're always here to help out. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Frankie, you look pretty tired, dude. Um, at any rate, back to the Las Vegas Open. And we hope, we hope the guys are weaving it to the max. Because they are super weaves. Yeah. They're the weebiest dudes I've ever met. Love them, and I bet they're having the time of their life in mm-hmm. Japan. So, uh, the Las Vegas Open went bananas, which we were so excited about. And uh, we saw how big the wait list got. I mean, the wait list for 40k champs is already over like it was over what we had for the first year of the BAO in attendance by a mile for yeah. the 40k yeah. championships. Yeah. It was bigger yeah. than the biggest event we threw in our early careers. And yeah. it's, it's like last week it was over 150. I don't know where it's at now. And we were like, okay, a lot of people want to come. And they're probably bummed that they missed out. It's not fun for people to miss out on uh, something they want to go to. So uh, we took a look at negotiating uh, more space. It's really tricky to do in Vegas. It's very confusing 
But uh, we've been doing this for several years and we've kind of got the hang of it at this point. Uh, so we went back and forth with the, with the hotel. It was too expensive to do it at first, but then we were able to come to a kind of like a middle ground. And uh, we wanted to go look at the space before committing to it. So uh, Frankie and I jammed out to Vegas over the past weekend, took a look at the space because we were concerned that it may not work for any number of reasons. But uh, we walked in and we were like, holy smokes, this is awesome. Like the space isn't only adequate, I think it's gonna be like, they're, 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 we're moving the friendly into the space just to let everybody know. They're gonna feel like they got like the better deal, I think. Yeah. It's, right. it's awesome. You're, they're gonna be at the very, very top of the casino. It's the, literally the top floor and the views are spectacular. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So I think that the people who are playing in there are going to be really happy about it. Yeah, and they'll have plenty of time to go visit the uh, the normal um, the the vendor area. Yep. Because um, that'll be open several days um, that the friendly's not going on. Plus during the day, you know, they're gonna have breaks. I think. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's gonna be um, the people who are there are gonna be really appreciative of it. Yeah, because yeah. our staff cons- members are gonna be there. It's gonna be great. Totally. Yeah, and our, our concern was that they would feel separated from the event, and it might not, that might cause some. <clears throat> Um, it, it might be not as positive of a, an experience as we wanted. So we went and checked it out. It's like super duper cl- I mean, it's like around the corner mm-hmm. from the convention hall. And uh, the, the, the part of the area that they're in is so nice yeah. that it's going to feel like getting treated special. Mm-hmm. Like we, our, our fears were alleviated 100% because we don't want to, we want to guarantee that we give a good experience to our, to people who are taking vacation, spending money to come to the event. We have to, do, it's our responsibility to make sure it's a good experience. Yep. Like that is our job. So uh, we were totally, we <clears> felt <throat> super confident about it. And uh, we were actually like walking around like, this is badass. Oh man, yeah. the view is so good up there. And um, like you said, if it, it's, clo- it's so close to coming in to go to the, see out the vendors, mm-hmm. go get a beer, whatever the heck you mm-hmm. want to do, it's, it's right there. Right. And um, as the Friendly is only a two-day event, it made it so that it was affordable. We could actually do it. Um, and I, we're really excited. So what this means is that we're going to be able to open up more space for the 40K champs, the 40K friendly, and the 40K narrative, because uh, all of those events have considerable wait lists. Uh, make sure that you sign up for the wait list for those events. Uh, if you want to find where those are located, you can go to the uh, web cart for the LVO and the first link in the, the description of the product, which I know a lot of people don't actually read. <laughs> Uh, annoyingly. Why would you ever read those? I, dude, so many people ask me questions. I'm like, if you would have read the product description, <laughs> it's right there. But you took more time to email and ask than if you would have just read it. Uh, it's always a little pet peeve of ours. No one ever reads oh. the product descriptions. Or very rarely it feels like that they do. But uh, just go click that link, sign up. We're going to notify, notify people on the wait list first, obviously, because that's the fair way to do it. But uh, for those of you who are watching this, and if you are on the wait list, we're basically going to open up the new tickets for sale 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Monday the 25th. Uh, it's the same time we opened up general registration, so it should feel kind of like the pattern. Um, and we're going to ping everybody on the wait list first. We're going to give it some time, and then we're going to send out a general newsletter uh, for everybody else. So if you're watching this, you're probably already on the wait list. But mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we let everybody know um, with as much yeah. time as possible to make it fair. Yeah. Uh, and then again, just to reiterate, I know... Because uh, sometimes people assume the wait list, you're going to go one by one down the list. It's not possible for us to do that. Um, there's just too many people on too many different wait lists. And uh, the software we have doesn't support that. And to just kind of do it manually that way would take weeks because there's hundreds of people. Yeah. But as long, I think as, as long as they're on the wait list and they go on that first day and purchase, they should be fine. You should be yeah. fine if, like you're on, if, you're, yeah. if you're quick on the draw. You should be fine, but we're trying to let everybody know right. because there's more people on the wait list than we can add space. It's just, they, they, it is just it is what it is, but not everybody on the wait list always responds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just want to be prepared. Jump in there at 10 a.m., get your ticket, should be good to go. Um, we got a couple questions. Where's the wait list link? We already answered that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, JD Esquire, how many people are getting added? So... Uh, the 40K champs is going to go up to 620. Um, that's the absolute maximum that we can fit without, we don't want to crowd it. Mm-hmm. So we want to keep spacing good. We want to make sure it's a comfortable and good event um, for everybody there. Like it's not worth it to add more people to sacrifice the experience for the people that are already coming. Um, so 620 is where we're at, keeping that nice big space in between rows, 
only having uh, four tables in a pod so that it doesn't take forever to walk around <clears throat> to the other side of the table. We want to make sure that it's a really comfortable, good experience. Um, so yeah, it'll be 620 for the 40K champs. The friendly, I'm still hammering out specifically where it's going to be, but it's, it should be 100 to 110. Uh, but looking at the waitlist for the friendly, I don't think we're going to blow through that right away. So yeah. have a little bit more time to figure that out until Monday. And the 40K uh, narrative, um, we're, again, we have a couple more days figured out. It's going to be a minimum of 130. It might be able to go to 150. I'm working with the TOs right now because there's a ton of people that want to come to that event. And we want to accommodate everybody without sacrificing the experience of the people who are already coming. That's really important. Yep, and you can find all those wait lists on the tickets themselves in the mm -hmm. Las Vegas Open. So yeah, go to the registration yeah. section of the website, lbo.net. Uh, Is that right? Yep. Yeah, lasvegasopen.net. And uh, on the page where you buy the ticket, it actually will say join the wait list. Yep, mm -hmm. on the ticket, go to the end of the registration form and find, it'll say click here to be added to the wait list. Um, so yeah, go to the registration page, click on yep. the ticket itself. It's right there. And then if you go to the blog too for Frontline Gaming, uh, it has a link to all of the wait lists on the LVO update, the blog post, and then on the Daka Daka tournament post, it's got a link to all of them there too. I try to put them as, as many places as I can to make it easy to find, but of yeah. course, sometimes people still yep. struggle. Uh, Aether, this question comes up all the time, and uh, it bears repeating because I, uh, I understand why people are asking this. So the, a lot of people have been asking, um, okay, if you're going above uh, 512, don't you need to have a top 16? The answer is no, you don't. And the reason why, there's two reasons. One, you only need a top 16 if there's actually 1,024 people that show up to come to the event, right? If you don't have a full bracket, you don't get a full amount of undefeated players. If you even have one less person, if you even have 1,023 players, you will actually not end up with a full undefeated top 16. And also, since we have ties in our format, um, and it's, we've literally never had an event ever that we've ever run where there wasn't ties. Uh, what that does to the math of it is it means that it's almost a guarantee that we will have eight or less undefeated players uh, that go on to the top eight. So playing with the math, at 620, you're going to end up with, uh, I think it's 9.3 undefeated players if there's no ties. But considering the fact that it's almost guaranteed to have a tie game or more than one tie game, which the odds of getting ties goes up as you have more better and better players playing each other. Um, we will probably end up with, you know, less than eight undefeated players. Yeah, but if we don't, it comes down to your uh, points that you're getting each round between the eighth and ninth spot. So. Yeah, but it, like I said, it's, it's, it's never, we never even come close no. to it. Like one year at the LVO, we actually only had one undefeated player in the top eight. Everyone else had tied or even lost a game. Yeah. Um, so, like every single year, we have multiple people that have that are not undefeated go on to the finals. So, like if in some bizarro universe this is the first time it happens, and we thread the needle. It's that one in a million, like scenario where there really is nine point three undefeated players or nine. Um, then, like Frankie said, we'll go to battle points, uh, and then if there's, and again, it goes even further into to the. Um, realm of the uh, improbable. We'll then, we'll then go to strength of schedule as the next tiebreaker. Sportsmanship as the, the further tiebreaker. If all the people they played had the exact same scores, which we're now we're talking about one in millions. And then uh, we would go to paint appearance as the final tiebreaker. Personal wanted, appearance. Yeah, personal appearance. Yeah, yeah. personal hygiene. Keep, yeah, let me just... Yeah. Uh, we, we've, got, we've got multiple fail-safes, and it's like we're talking about, you know... The it's odds like of this occurring are yeah. so low. Uh, I'm, I'm really not concerned yeah. about it. Well, um, a beard length. Beard length. That goes into it as well. Yeah. Beard length. Facial yeah. hair. No facial hair, you're going to have a hard time. How much money you have in your bank account. <laughs> that you can give us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Bribes. Bri bribes day. work yes, bribes very well. Day. No, of course not. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's just I, I'm, willing, I'm willing to bet money that it's not going to happen. We're probably going to end up with like six undefeated players in the, in the, in the finals or something like that. Uh, it, just, it just doesn't happen. No. Right. Like, it doesn't. Like, if anybody ties in nine, or in six rounds, even if two of the people that are in the hunt tie, it's no longer a concern at all. Like, th th that's just the way it breaks down. So, But a uh, good question, and it's, it's fair to ask. Yep. But uh, toying with the numbers, I, like, I think you can go up to, like, 760 
-hmm. and still only have nine undefeated players. And how many more players are we adding to the max right now? Um, we are adding 100 players, basically. Okay, so yeah, just, I mean, imagine 100 people extra getting the chance, the opportunity to go and play that's and take point. part in this, right? So, like, that's the point, right? That's the point the is 100 people who were not going to be able to participate in this awesome event are going to be able to. I think everyone should be happy about that. Yeah, and that's That's what we're doing, because we're adding a, a significant amount of financial risk yes, we for to, ourselves, yeah. and we're banking on the fact that we'll sell enough tickets to cover the, the additional costs. Right. Which, looking at the wait list, we obviously felt it was a very probable uh, occurrence. Mm -hmm. But it's like, we're not doing it to just, like, get a Benz or whatever I wish. Right. We have to buy the space. And we have to make more terrain. Yeah. Yep. We have to buy the Ugh. terrain, Ugh. make it, paint it, store it. forgot about that. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a pain in the ass to grow. Damn. So it's, uh, we're doing it because we want people to come and have fun. Yep. yep. Right. And it's, we're, we're really excited, too. It's, it's just a, it's cool to see the growth. Mm -hmm. So, long story short, uh, make sure to mark your calendar. Uh, the 25th, this coming Monday, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you missed out and want to participate, sign up for the wait list. We'll email you as soon as those tickets are ready. Mm -hmm. And that's for the 40K Friendly, the Champs, and the Narrative. Can't wait to see how big it grows. The narrative, yep. be Johnny on the spot. No, that yeah. will probably be the first. Yeah. 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 It always is. They do such a good job yep. with it. Mm -hmm. Like, they really, really do. And this year, we're making a bunch of, like, like the all the tables and everything are going to be they already were themed but like this year he's got he took all these notes and they're like okay this year like they're getting like custom not custom terrain but like custom terrain sets so yeah. that they can tell the story they want to tell of the big battle it's gonna be really cool that'll be sweet yeah it, they i kept going over there to check it out and it was like man it was pretty badass yeah. and every army looked really good did you see the guy that made um he made a skull of thrones that was pulled by slaughter brutes it was amazing. Like, the, the Skull of Thrones was, like, this big. Mm -hmm. And it was being pulled by four slaughter brutes that nice. were on chains. And they were, like... You mean like, Thorn wow. of Skulls, right? Uh, it's, no, it's a tower. It's a skull tower or something. It's an old epic... It's an old epic corn model. Yeah. Okay. What was I saying? Skull of Thrones. Skull of Thrones, which is the next... That's yeah. the offshoot of the Game of Thrones. Yeah. Next. Whatever. <laughs> it was a skull tower. I don't know skull. what the hell it's called. It's an old epic um, model. It was a corn. Yeah. There was like a plague tower and then a skull tower. Yeah. Nice. And it, no, it, dude, it, was, models, it so. was out of control, man. I was like, that. first of all, that's like a $300 model <laughs> from yeah. all the kits he put into it. If, yeah. No, it was more than that. Mm -hmm. It was like a $500 model. But it Did just, they just it make up incredible. rules for it? They're like, yeah. Okay. They're just like, hey, this thing's badass. Let's use it. Like, right. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> cool. It was really cool. Really cool. So excited for that. So at any rate, while we were in Vegas, we figured we might as well mix a little bit of fun with business, and we went to the uh, fabulous Gentleman's GT. It was the second annual uh, event, and it was presented by War Room Games, who we work with. They help support the LVL, really, really good guys mm -hmm. and gals at that uh, establishment. Check it out next time you're in Vegas or if you're a local. Mm -hmm. And they ran a, a really, really amazing event. It was at the Venetian. It was in a bar restaurant in the Venetian. Yeah, it was um, so cool. It was really cool, yeah. And, and uh, big shout out to Rob. He helped uh, make it happen. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, where he works. Yep. And uh, he's a really big 40K fan. He comes to all the events. He's a great guy. Um, they did a killer job. Like Each table mm -hmm. looked amazing. Yep. Uh, and we don't say that only because it was ITC terrain on most of the tables. They did a really, really good... They went the extra mile to make it look good. Like There was like posters on it and... Um, really well painted it's fully painted on mats like it looked good they had a great looking event and <clears throat> those are some of the best events that i go to are like the ones that are in like a restaurant or bar or something like that um i've gone to like three or four now and it's always so much fun because you're like oh man i want to go get a drink just walk right outside grab a drink <laughs> it's right there yeah the, that's cool one of the most fun but also uh one of the reasons why i didn't perform as well as usual is they had a two and a half hour happy hour yeah and drink specials. Yep. Going into round three, it was a little loose. But yeah. That's okay. Um, it was a really good time. I uh, just really wanted to say thank you for yeah. putting on such a good event. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, we wanted to talk about how we did. I did terribly, <laughs> comically bad. Uh, Frankie did really well. He was in the hunt to win it. Lost uh, two really close games. Yep. And uh, you were playing Jukari. I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to hear about that because Jukari are kicking it ass right now. And a big shout out to James who came with us. He actually did the best. He went three, one, and one uh, out of all of us. And um, uh, Frankie, why don't you take it away first? Because I'm sure people are going to be really interested to hear about uh, how your, your pure Jukari army did. 
Because the, the games you lost, you like barely lost. They were super close. Yeah, yeah, close games. Um, but no, it was a lot of fun. Drukari are amazing. Um, witches are one of the best close combat units in the game. They are nasty. And then uh, with the no retreat rule, it was <coughs> so powerful. I was, I was tying people in combat with a witch unit and then not swinging with most of the witches. So you string out your witches. You only swing with one and then you lock them in combat with your nets, and then you charge them with everything else. So like your vehicles, all your vehicles charge them, and now you can't be shot on your turn. And then when you want to, now all your witches pile in and kill the unit because usually it's like a little five-man scout squad or something like that. Then you kill the unit, and then on your turn, you're able to shoot everything. It's super powerful. There's all cool little tricks with Drukari, and it was a blast. The Archons were doing so much damage in close combat. I take them all with Husk Blades, which do D3 damage. I played a lot of people that had a Blackheart added into their like Eldar armies, and they just took Venom Blades on their Archons, which are okay, you're wounding on twos, but the D3 damage and the AP minus two on the Husk Blades is amazing. It's so worth it. Um, but yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. I had a blast, and Drukari are nasty. They're really, really good. I'm glad to hear, I know we've already talked about this a lot off camera, but for, yeah. the, for the benefit of everybody watching, I'm really glad that you're coming around on witches because at the beginning, I was like, dude, witches are so good now. Like, they get so many attacks, they get higher strength. They actually hit really hard now, whereas they never did before. Yeah. And uh, Frank, I'm happy to see Frankie coming around on Succubi and witches because like, tactically, they're one of the most valuable units that you could put on the table. Yep. And uh, what you were talking about with the net, is uh, with witches, as most of you know, you do a roll off. If the other player rolls higher, they can drop, fall back from combat. If they don't, they can't. So it's a little bit of a coin toss. I think they had to actually roll higher, so it's they a little do. bit in the yeah. witch's favor. But with the net, you roll a D, the other guy rolls a D3. It's almost a certainty that you're not getting away. Like the odds are extremely low. Like you'd have to roll a three, and Frankie has to roll a one or a two to get away. So it's like really low odds of actually yeah. getting away. And then, of course, you can use a CP if you need to. Yep. Um, so yeah. it's. It's almost a certainty you're going to hold them in place. And then when you do all these tricks, like charging the vehicles into that unit that's pinned, now I can't be shot. Mm -hmm. It's savage. And then the witches actually kill things now mm -hmm. on the charge. Like, what, what is your loadout you take for your witches? Uh, I only take the Chardonnay, and then on the sergeants, I take a blast pistol. But otherwise, you just use them for their close combat normal attacks. Anything that's T4, they have so many attacks that you're going to be able to kill them. Because uh, you take, I was taking, um, what is it? Cult of the plus poison. one strength cult. Yeah, I forgot which one it is. Anyways, it's the plus one strength, and then you only lose one on morale. All you need is one witch to survive to hold somebody in combat. The one with the shardnet, and the shardnets are great too. They're minus one AP, two damage. Yeah. Like and plus one attack. <laughs> so those those were the only weapons that I was taking on the witches because I was just using them to kill little backfield units or screens, um, or like a character that got to. Uh, too big for his britches, would run up, and i just charge him with all my witches and kill him pretty quick. Um, and then the succubi do the exact same thing. They're a little more resilient because they have, um, actually, no, they're the same resilience as a five-man unit, but they have, like, six attacks. They can take a shard net and they a baler as well. They have three-up in combat, right? Uh, four-up. Four up. They just have a four-up flat all That's the right. time. So I've um, always liked succubus, succubi, whatever yeah. the plural is. Um, I've always enjoyed them because they hit, they're, they're cheap A, mm -hmm. and they, they hit pretty hard. Like, they were never like an all-star kill everything yeah. character, but now with the fact that they can pin a unit in combat, my God, they're so freaking tactically useful. Yeah. Right? Like, you can charge a succubi on one end of a unit, the witch is on the other end of a unit, now they're, they're pinned, and even if they kill one of them, the other one's probably going to hold them down. Yeah. And the succubi can take the net, too. Yep. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You give the Succubi the Chardonnay and Impaler. They're super good. Now you have, I have five units that can lock other units in combat. Um, and the witches are extremely good at killing screens. They have three attacks each with just their normal weapons. And then one unit goes up to four attacks each. So, with their combat drugs. Yeah. So it's, they just, they do so much damage. They're amazing. Yeah. So. And you're seeing it everywhere. Like I'm starting, we, we, like we've been saying since the word go, it's so funny too. Like, we were just laughing because, like, when the Jukari book came out, we're like, you got, this is a great book. Everyone's, yeah. A lot of Jukari players are complaining, and it always happens. It's not a big deal, but it's just funny because no one is complaining now. Now the people that are complaining are the people playing against it because, like, it's too good. The Blackheart stratagem, like, we're getting tons of people like, oh, my gosh, it's just shutting down some of my core strategies. And, like, yeah, yeah we said it was the best strategy in the game, stratagem yeah. in the game. Yeah. I mean, um, the, the Blackheart easily is the best stratagem in the game. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're – shutting down so many key stratagems for people 
And then like, uh, you'll do a bunch of wounds to like a big unit of cultists and they'll be like, all right, I'm going to auto pass. You're like, no, you're not. Cause I'm going to use my stratagem. It's, Cru it's crazy. And then or, you're like, now the unit's yeah. dead. Or even if you're like, you do like the last wound to a character and the guy's like, all right, I'm going to use a reroll. You're like mm -hmm. canceling little stratagems like that, that people are like, oh my God, that's so good. Yeah, right. Cause people think about shutting down the big ones, like the sin of angels yeah. or uh, tide of traitors. Like I'm going to recycle my unit. And you're like, you're not even going to get to that point because I'm going to make you fail your morale check and the whole unit's going to evaporate. Yeah. So it's and it's like those little things mm -hmm. like that. Oh, like oh, uh, I rolled a one on the damage and your vehicle only has three wounds left. I'm going to re-roll the damage roll. You're like, no, you're not. Yeah. And it's it, those little things win the game. So mm -hmm. it's hands down the best stratagem in the game. And uh, it's funny, no one is complaining about the stupid patrol detachment thing anymore. No. <laughs> Remember no. that? For a hot we second, were like, yeah. that was... We are like, God, would you please stop focusing like, on this? It doesn't Garrett. matter at yeah. all. Well, like, your yeah. army's so good. Especially with the increase to the um, command points from yeah. the battalions and brigades, so. Yeah, I know. It's, I mean, it's like, whatever. We're not trying to, to be smug or anything, but it was like, just trust us. It's not relevant. Don't worry. Yeah. Your army's so good. Just use battalions. Mm -hmm. And of course, yeah, like, no, yeah. it's always funny when the new book comes out, how sometimes people latch onto a perceived weakness and like, cause we've been playing it. We're like, Oh no, don't worry. Don't worry. But yeah. it just takes time. You just have to let people figure it out on their own. Um, but yeah, well done dude. Three and two, like you lost to, I lost to an Eldar player who got second. Um, he's mm -hmm. been on fire. I, I'm, I'm forgetting his name. I'm sorry. David. David, uh, he won the broadside bash too. Yep. And uh, he uses a really different Eldar army. He uses a bunch of uh, Wraith Blades. Hmm. Uh, he's a really technically good player. Uh, and he takes Blackheart. Which uh, is really funny yeah. when you have two people with Blackheart. It's really funny. I'll cancel <laughs> like, I'm going to cancel, cancel yours. They're like, I'm going to cancel yours. You're like, yeah. yeah, but that cost you five command points. Mm -hmm. I think at this, like in the next months, we're going to see that Eldar, mixed Eldar is going to be the, the, the highest performing yeah. like kind of combo army. Where it's going to be like Blackheart's detachment, maybe Eldar is your core, and then throw in a third of your choice. <clears throat> Harlequins are extremely good. I think you'll see a lot of that. And uh, I think that that's going to be, that like Eldar already were really good. They got toned down and they're going to come back up in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to see that as going to be like the army to beat in my opinion. Um, not to say that they're like the dominant army or anything like that. You're just going to see a lot of really good players gravitate towards it yep. because it gives you so many tools uh, it gives you mobility, it gives you like, you know, domination in the stratagem game, lots of command points, good melee, good shooting, good psychic powers. They just, they have everything. Yeah. Um, I think that that's going to be the army to beat um, coming up. Not to say that other armies aren't good. The Gentleman's GT was, oh no, I'm sorry, David got third. The Gentleman's GT first and second place were both Imperial armies. Mm -hmm. um, and a big shout out to Aurelio. He won with, um, his army's actually kind of similar to mine. Zash Militarum with Custodes. Uh, mostly Ashton Militarum with, with some custodians. So big, uh, big shout out for him. He did, he did great. Yep. Um, one of the things I took away from it is my army is not good when you only play a couple turns. Um, at, at the event, it was very relaxed, and I'm not upset at all. It just it happens. It was a little frustrating, but none of my games went past turn three. Um, it was really eye-opening because when we play, we use a chess clock, and usually use a chess clock, and Frankie and I play quick, pretty quickly anyway. You play really quick. Um, our games always finish. And uh, I found out that my army really doesn't work if I'm only going to turn two or turn three because I, my army takes board control and I score objectives every turn and I kind of win towards the end of the game when I start to have board control and I've, I've kind of grinded it out. And uh, when, you, when you don't get the chance to do that, my army doesn't win. I don't have enough firepower to win the game early. Um, so that was a pretty eye-opening experience. A little frustrating, but it's like, again, no one was doing anything. No one, like, slow played me or anything like that. Um, like, a couple people I played, it was their, literally their first tournament. Yeah. So the goal there is to give that person a good experience, right? Like, you want them to keep mm -hmm. coming back. Um, but one of my games only went to turn two. Mm -hmm. And it was really funny because I was talking to my opponent. I was like, hey, just, you know, to let you know. Because I was trying to, like, I was like, hey, we need to go faster. We need to go faster. And I didn't want to be a dick. But at the same time, I was like, Okay, look, we're literally only going to play two turns. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to explain it to him. I was like, hey, do you realize like, that's not really fair because all my, all my missions are score a point a turn. So if I don't go to turn four, I literally can't score my points. Um, and he, he was totally understanding. He was like, oh, yeah, I see. That's not really fair to you. He's like, but when I came to my first tournament, he's like, my friends told me to expect to only play three turns. He's like, so I took an Alpha Strike army just assuming I'd get a bunch of points in the beginning, and that's how I'd win. I was like, Fair enough. I was like, I admire your honesty. 
was like, that's actually, you don't realize you're doing it, but that's intending to not finish the game, which is called slow playing. It's a faux pas. You're not supposed to do it in a mm-hmm. tournament. Yeah. Um, but he clearly, I mean, 100% no hard feelings. He didn't realize. And he was real chatty. And, you know, he just had to look up a bunch of stuff because he knew, like, that's to be expected. Um, but what it really hammered home is that um, if, mm-hmm. to really have a fair competitive game, chess clocks is like yeah. But if yeah, if he went to a tournament that was utilizing chess clocks, he would be annihilated. Like he would yeah. he would not have a good experience. You know, and that, that's but good, then that's, that's a, a learning a counterpoint. <clears throat> that's a learning, um, but that's a learning experience for that person as well. Like you need to come prepared to a tournament. It, this is yeah. not a fun game store relaxing event where you're going to just BS with your friends and drink beer and play. Yeah. Like this is a competitive environment. So you need to be able to play at a certain level. Um, and I think as we see more and more chess clocks making uh, an appearance like they have in, in uh, War Machine Hordes since forever, yep. um, I think you'll see less of people showing up for their first tournament ever not having read the book, stuff like that, which I think is a good thing. Because yeah. it's 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 great that people come to tournaments, but it's also not great that you go to a tournament and you have to play against somebody who might literally have never played their army before. Yeah. So they're sitting there reading their rules and they're fun, they're having fun going to the bathroom every ten minutes. It's not a really great experience for you, you know. If you're, yeah. so like I said, like there's absolutely no hard feelings. It was a little right. frustrating because I was like, you know, twice when that happened, I had total board control, and I'm like, oh, I'm likely, I'm most likely going to 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 win the game. But you never know, of course. You never know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. You could have some crazy dice. But then the game ends and you're like, oh, okay. And um, like you said, you don't want to give a bad experience to the new player either. Like if the person shows up and they're trying to figure out what they're doing and then they just time out, it's probably not going to be a super positive experience. But as a counterpoint, I was talking to Tony Mm -hmm. at the event and he said that they've been using chess clocks in their local. He said that the the new players have actually been doing better because it forces you to stop the the analysis paralysis. Right. You just have to make a choice. Where you and you're forced to know your army and yeah. to 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 be familiar with it and to know the mechanics. You're not looking up. What do I need to roll the wound again? You're like this is stuff that you're going to have to know. Just like any other sport, you have to practice in order to get proficient at it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just show up. It's like I'm going to go play, you know, football today, and I've never played before, but I think I can figure it out. I'm going to go play in a professional game. It's like yeah. it's not going to go very well for me. And it's going to make that, it less. Right? It's going to make it harder for everybody because right. the other guy, the, the guy the pros, don't want to like kill you, right? Yeah. So it's like right. And then again, it's it's like you got to determine what kind of event you want to have. Mm-hmm. Like if everyone there is comfortable with only playing three turns, yeah. Then do that. That's fine. The objective is to have right. fun. And maybe yeah. you go to a friendly tournament. Yeah. You know, while you're getting used to the more competitive um, style tournaments. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there you don't have time limits, and you can have fun and eat pizza and drink beer and talk about your army and stuff like that. Yeah. That's just it, it doesn't have a place in, in an actual competitive event. It does. It, it is. It's it's a little challenging because yeah. it's like you have to strike the balance between making like keeping a low barrier to entry you want people to come you do not want to give people a reason not to come Mm -hmm. but you also want the event to be fun for everybody else too including the more experienced players Mm -hmm. um it is it can be a challenge but the chess clock it's the reason why it's it's the solution that we've come to is because it actually works and it was it gives you uh feedback too like the the gentleman who we only got to turn to who by the way had an absolutely beautiful army Mm -hmm. such a nice looking army um, he really did not think he was playing slow. Yeah. Like legitimately, he's like, I, don't, I wasn't playing that slow. And I'm like, again, trying to be really polite and nice. I was like, well, I was like, time yourself next time you play, you know, mm-hmm. like, because you get lost in that time warp. You're really focused. You're not looking at your clock. You're thinking about what you're going to do. Right. Your perception of time is skewed. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then the chess clock makes you, it gives you direct objective feedback. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh shit, I am playing slow. Right, I mean, you, you're literally watching it happen. Yeah. And, and it's like, if you have a two and a half hour round and you go to turn two and you've used an hour and 45 minutes of that two and a half hours, there's an issue yep. with yep. that. That's not a fair competitive environment. Yeah, but I think the real thing to take away from this, Reese, is uh, you were the common denominator in each of your games. Every finishing. slow game was Reese. Um, yeah. So maybe time yourself yeah. next time. Yeah, you'll yeah. use a chess clock. You can see how fast yeah. you're going. Thanks, guys. Use one of those chess clocks. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it, I mean, like I said, again, just to reiterate, I want to make it a million percent clear, like, there's no hard feelings whatsoever. Like, it is what it is, not a big deal. It's just like, yeah, like, you, we, if you want to have, like, a, a, a competitive event, you need to finish. And the other thing that the chess clock does, besides being an arbitrator and being fair and you control your time so you can be as casual or as precise as you want to be, um, the other thing that the, the clock does is it takes away the sense of um, 
like a lot of gamers don't like to have conflict, right? Yeah. Like you don't want to hound your opponent to speed up, right? You don't want to do that because it's not, it, it can make the game a little bit less enjoyable. You don't want to be a jerk and pester your opponent. You don't have to. The clock takes that away. It takes that anxiety away because if they're taking a long time to do everything, they're only hurting themselves. It's like, go right ahead. Take all the, you want to take an hour and a half for deployment? Cool. You just lost the game. Mm -hmm. Sweet. So it doesn't, you don't care, right? It takes that away. So yeah. um, I think that that's an important thing to note too, is that you don't, it does, there were, there's no requirement for any kind of a confrontational exchange mm -hmm. in order to get your opponent to speed up. Because um, right now there's, there's literally no incentive. There's no reason to finish your game. Yeah. Just, you just don't have to. Uh, but it, with that aside, not to cast a negative light on it, the Gentleman's GT was awesome. Absolutely recommend going to the event. They did a great job. Beautiful tables, great prize sport, great venue. We'll definitely be coming back, schedule permitting. We plan on coming back because it was really fun. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So new Age of Sigmar up for pre-order. You can grab yours for Frontline Gaming, of course, at a discount with free shipping. Within the continental United States, orders $99 and up. Awesome. There's so much stuff going on. It's like hard to even cover it. If you mm -hmm. want to check out a really in-depth review, Look at our last uh, podcast. It was a Ninth Realm Special Edition. But basically, new game, tons of stuff going on, and GW just revealed a new Mortark, mm -hmm. the Mortark of Grief, Lady uh, Oli, Olinder, I think is how you say it. It's Olinder or something. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely love the model. It has so much character. What What do you all think about it? Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, the, the new Age of Sigmar models they're releasing are just incredible. Yeah. Can't wait to see what the next 40K models are. Come on. I, I, got, I really, like, legitimately, I, I have to say, like, I think the Age of Sigmar model line is better right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not to say I don't love the 40K model line. I do. A lot but, of it's dated. Though. Yeah. Like, the new Primaris Marines look fantastic. Yeah, I think the, so the aesthetic cool. is very good, but a lot of the old stuff, because you're comparing it to the newer Age of Sigmar stuff and, like, yeah. the Primaris Marines and like all of Age of Sigmar stuff. I mean, look new. at the new Cryptek <laughs> right, for the Necrons. Yeah. Like, compared to the older stuff, like, look at the new Cryptek compared to the old yeah. one, which was a metal, metal yeah. model converted to fine cast, yep. which is... And that's what a lot, a big bulk of the 40k product line is that old metal stuff that's mm -hmm. been converted to fine cast, really out of scale, yeah. you know. So yeah, I agree. I think right now Age of Sigmar model line is just killing it. There's nothing better on the market. No. And it's not even like the technical aspects, like you mentioned, like just aesthetically, like the 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 like how far they've come. Like look at this model, man. The sense of movement, yeah. Like it's crazy. It's so cool looking, and it's like wow. Just imagine where we're gonna be in five years from yeah. now. Like the models are gonna be like ridiculous. Maybe they'll be real. Ooh. <laughs> like Westworld. Yeah, the people. Westworld thing where they're like. Dude, the latest episode yeah. of Westworld was so I think good. that's where we're gonna go. Getting yeah. Surfshop so is gonna good. start doing like yeah, cloning. Yeah, Games Workshop will be the first. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to 40K world. <laughs> I don't want to go to 40K. No, I, I don't want to go there. Yeah, I don't want anything I want to go to Slanesh world. I'm gonna go to yeah, Slanesh world. That might be okay. I don't think I can live two weeks in this. I, I, that's a week, that's a weekend trip. You have to go and be like, like a, a day trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a that's a yeah, that's a one day. Yeah, you have terminal cancer. Yes, and you've got one day like, left. Here we go. Like I'm going to Smash World, and then I'm dying. <laughs> Probably would have died anyway after that. Uh, and also exciting news: there's new uh, Admech models coming out, Ugh. and these are the <laughs> thankfully fixed termite. The beta rules were absurd; yeah. they were insane. And now the termite, the termite has been uh, toned down significantly. Still really, really good, yep. but not pants on head crazy the way it was when it came out the door. Uh, so really excited to now see those on the table instead of dreading that someone brings like five. And now Admech have vehicles. What? Yeah, you have there a you go. Vehicle. Boom. Yep. Really cool. And there's also two new Skitar units which look absolutely these guys are sick. Awesome. Yeah. They're like close combat Skitari. Yeah, those are hoplites yeah. with a spear and a shield. And then there's the Peltists who are the shooting unit. Freaking. So amazing. So are these just upgrade packs? I believe that those are forge rolled upgrade packs. That you put on with the plastics? Yeah. Okay. I'm not 100% sure. Do they have 40K rules and so. points? They do. That's what this is. This nice. release is. I think it's still beta, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Um, but you can check those out over at the Warhammer Community site. And um, they're in the process of actually working on bringing all of the Admech stuff over as they announced yeah. on uh, all the Forge World um, Admech stuff. So mm -hmm. if you're an Admech player, it looks like and then you know sooner yeah. than later, your army's going to get dramatically bigger. There you go. Three new units for you. Yeah, all the robots, the Myrmidons, like there's a lot of stuff. Very mm -hmm. cool. Really cool. 
Uh, check it out, ITC. Lots of events coming up this weekend. Make sure to go uh, take a peek at the calendar and go out there, get your points, participate, support your local events. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have a GT, a couple GTs actually coming up this mm -hmm. weekend. The Boise Cup uh, run by a bunch of our friends that live out there, including Captain A, and a mm -hmm. uh, really good group of people that work out there in, in, in the Boise area. Um, coming up this weekend, and the Flying Monkey GT, which is a long-running, really good event. I've heard nothing but really, really positive things about it, and that's mm -hmm. in Wichita, Kansas. Check those out. And we've got some uh, Age of Sigmar events coming up as well, including nice. a GT at the Flying Monkey. Uh, mm -hmm. They do multiple Ooh. different game systems. So. Nice. So we might see a little bit of movement in the uh, Age of Sigmar. Well, they, they've been racking up their scores. Nice. It's just yeah. right now the challenge is to get those majors, mm -hmm. which, again, guys, we lowered the threshold for Age of Sigmar. A GT is it's 20 and 40 mm -hmm. uh, oh, because yeah. Age of Sigmar is still trying to get that steam going The 40K's got. Um, there's a couple standout events that go bananas, but generally speaking, they don't draw as many people, so we're trying to make it easier to get those big scores. Yeah. Um, current 40K top five competitive track, Matt Root continues to lead. Followed by Josh Death, Jeff Robinson in third, Daniel Olivas in fourth, and TJ Lanigan in fifth. And of course, we do have a couple big events coming up in the next few months. Uh, we've got the, the BAO, mm -hmm. Flying Monkey, Nova, SoCal. So there's going to be still a lot of opportunities to put up a big score. Yeah. Uh, 40K Hobby Track, top five. Sean Prosser moves into first place. Followed by Jeffrey Merrick. Antonio Cedeno in third, Chris Boss in fourth, and William Ivey in fifth. Age of Sigmar, top five. We've got James Thomas continuing to lead the pack, although his lead has been narrowed down to only nine points. Matthew Jones is nipping at his tail. Uh, we have Josh Harvey in third, Alex Gonzalez in fourth, and Jarrett Zizueta in fifth. Hobby nice. track. Age of Sigmar, hobby track. Yep, top five. We have Frank Deloach still leading. Uh, we're basically, we're just waiting to get some more events in here, but mm -hmm. uh, let's give them their day in the sun while they got it. Scott Reed in second, Josh Greenfield in third, Chris Stifter in fourth, and Tyler Hamill in fifth. Shadespire uh, continue to get more and more events rolling in, which is really exciting. Mike Kors moves into first place. We got Matt Everhart in second, Josue Ibarra in third, Andrew Everhart in fourth, and Tony Field in fifth. Very cool. Check out some of these really cool commissions that recently Boom. came out of the FLG paint studio. Bang, bang, bang. Yep, Death Guard. <laughs> bang, bang. Great. Yeah, Death Guard. It looks really good. I like the wings on more <laughs> What a This is, uh, yeah, no, it's Tabletop like. Plus. Um, this was uh, Alex painting these. Uh, yeah, one of our uh, writers now, who's mm -hmm. also been one mm -hmm. of our artists for a long time. Alex, um, again, one of my favorite artists, the way that he does his painting, very clean, nice, crisp highlights. Um, but he also does a lot of extra detail work. If you look closely, everything. I mean, everything from the little eye lens on this. Um, what is that? The the plague Blight crawler. Blight hauler. The yeah. blight hauler. Um, just the tips of the missiles. I mean, like. Just the tip. Huh? Just, just tip. Well, Jason's all about the tips. He always noticed that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, fast, I mean, how could I not? but it's fantastic. I mean, if you want a Death Guard army done to a high quality, look at these photos. Yep. Um, and and contact us because you're not going to get anything better than this for our price point. And no, Alex does such great. an amazing job. I mean, just look at Mortarian. It's just ridiculous. I gotta yeah. say, I really like the contrast in colors, like Frankie noted, between the wings and then the smoke effects. Right. Yeah. It's a super, almost 100% contrast from the dark green armor. Mm -hmm. It really makes him pop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah hit like us up for your Death Guard commission. Yeah. Like, and if you want to go a little bit lower, you know, we have a tabletop standard, we have a tournament standard. Um, again, you're not going to get too much with the tournament standard, but you at least get all the colors you need to qualify for your tournaments yeah. uh, yeah. in a very quick turnaround. And affordable price point. Extremely affordable. Yeah. Trust, like for somebody like me who just hates the hobby part of it. I don't. I just, and that's more just you I don't have time. It's, it's a time thing, right? Yeah, if you don't have any time and you yeah. just need to get your stuff done, like the tournament, for me, especially like the tournament standard, it's, it's super affordable, super quick. You get your stuff ready to go. And if you want to add to it, you can later on. Yeah. You know, we don't seal the models. So, yeah, it's, it's tournament standard is like the most affordable price point. And mm -hmm. like right now, we're, we have a golf uh, orc commission that's mm -hmm. tournament standard. And of course, for orcs, when you have to have like a gazillion models, mm -hmm. tournament standard is really affordable. Yep. The thing is, though, is it looks really good. It like, looks good. It looks yeah. super good. Just like flat a, base coats yeah. and, and a shade from a wash, and that's it. Yeah, that's, all a, the, that's all the customer's getting, but it looks, it's three to four colors. It looks amazing. And we throw, mm -hmm. we'll throw one shade on there because it doesn't take very much time. Right. So it's like for orcs, like, wow. And then later, you can go back and do the de detail work yourself. But the mm -hmm. thing is, you can go to the table. Put your army on the table, play, and you're not going to be embarrassed because you have gray models. Yep. 
Yeah. And it's not going to suck for your opponent because, like, dude, come on, paint your army. Yeah, three to four colors. It's yeah. based. You can get a level one base for, like, nothing. Like, yeah. it looks really good. Just, you know, just sand and dry brush. And yeah. that's super affordable. Yep. Yeah, give it a look. And, uh, of course, we're always taking new commissions. Mm -hmm. And if you think you got what it takes to join the FLG Paint Studio, shoot us some pictures of your models. But just make sure that you can paint uh, the way the pictures look on our blog. Yes. Yep. Pretty damn close. And, and I will specify that we are generally looking for people that um, can paint around the tabletop plus standard. And that have Higher more level. than 10 hours a week. Yes, and who, who yep. do it primarily as their source of income. That's what we are looking for. Of course, there's always exceptions. Um, but again, we are looking for people who can primarily pay at a, paint at a higher level. Look at our tabletop plus mm -hmm. commissions. Can you match that? Do you do this primarily? Cause you know, it's great. You can be a, the best pay in the world, but if you're working 40 to 50 hours a week in your full-time job, it gets old quick when you're working yeah. three to four yeah. hours a night when you get home and even, you know, I mean, you might have a passion. It does burn out, you know, it so. is tough, yeah. doing it full-time. We have people who've been working as their only job for us for, full -time years. for years, six years yeah. in some cases. Mm -hmm. So let's jump in and answer some questions. A uh, little bit of a shorter show today, but uh, we kind of plow through everything. Do you guys think, asks Ty Winning, Forge World Knights don't have a place right now in any format? I, Why would do. you say that? Yeah. Just are they, are they, are they, well, see, like, that's a good question. I have, I don't know. Are they extremely powerful like a lot of other Forge World units? They're a little pricey, but they're really good. And remember, guys, the, the, the FAQ for each codex usually comes out two weeks after the codex. That means that a knight FAQ is on the way. So... If you have a lot of questions about knights or how things interact or whatever, just uh, pay attention to the Warhammer community page because in all likelihood that, that FAQ is probably coming like this weekend or something like that if the normal pattern holds true. So, Celius, uh, GW is placing seventeen fifty as the new point limit on their tournaments. Okay, so we've answered this question many, many times, but it's totally cool. We're happy to answer it again. Yeah. So Warhammer, the... the uh, GWHQ, Warhammer World, their tournaments that are run at that event is run, there's like a, a crew of people that that's their job, that they are not necessarily indicative of the way that GW thinks the game should be played. They don't necessarily even communicate with the game devs, maybe they do, but that is not Games Workshop saying we think you should play 1750. As I understand it, I could be wrong, we're speaking from uh, conversations and speculation, that is what they're doing at Warhammer World because their last event, the, the guy who won, um, Orc player, only played about three turns per game and it upset a lot of people. So this is them trying to react to that. Now, I don't want to speak for their head organizer there at Warhammer World because I don't know, but that is, as we understand it, that's not like, they're not saying 40K should be played at 1750 points. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, and it's from a crew that have tried it, I can tell you right now, emphatically, it does not fix the problem like nope. we've done 1750 we've done 1850 and, and and the reason why again is the the guy that won the orc player basically said i won because the games went to turn three four um taking 250 points away from that person if they think they have a better chance of winning and i'm not trying to make this person look bad uh, mm -hmm. at all i'm not trying to make them sound like a bad person at all they played within the rules which is the funny part um, for somebody who thinks that the incentive is to only play three or four turns, taking points away from them does not change that mindset. Lowering the points is making the assumption that people are trying to finish the game. And that now it's gonna be easier to finish because you have less stuff to do. But if the person's mentality is, I don't want to finish the game, changing the points isn't gonna change that. You need to change the incentive. And if the incentive is, you're gonna lose if you only play three turns, all of a sudden that person's gonna finish their games. Yep. You'll be amazed <laughs> to see it. You could go up in points. And they're and going to modify their list in <laughs> yeah. order to be able to finish games. Exactly. Yeah. You might not be able to take a horde orc unless you really get used to it and you get used to playing quickly using dice apps, other things like that. Yeah. And the dice app is awesome. People who are still resistant to it, just try it. Yeah. Dice app. Because like when you're shooting, like for us, like in, um, I was doing first rank fire, second rank fire on my conscripts with reroll once to hit, reroll once to wound. I was like, it's like a hundred shots. I'm probably going to do like four wounds. And the person's like, dice app. I'm like, yes. Right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, really yeah. good. Again, there's no penalty for for playing slowly. People are not. There's no. There's, there's no nothing to stop to them, right? It's yeah. like if someone's like, you have two and a half hours of work, yeah. right? I'm not going to monitor you. I'm not going to watch you. There's not an amount of work you need to get done. You just got to work. Please work hard for two and a half hours. Likely, you're going to take breaks every once in a while. There's no. It doesn't matter how much work you get done, right? Yeah. But if someone's like two and a half hours, this better be done, or you're fired. 
they guarantee you, the job I done. will get the job done yeah. in two and a half hours. It's, it's all about motivation. There has to be a reason because yeah. you, you can hope that people have the best of intentions, but the, the sad fact is that there has to be an or else. Yes, it's there true. There has to be for everything in life. So, mm. you know. So, because like, the, the, like, I read a really good book about this topic, about uh, incentives, motivations, what, what drives people to do things. And some people are motivated by positive incentives and some people are motivated by negative incentives, but that is pretty much it. It's either dangle the carrot or, or threaten with the stick. Mm -hmm. And as we can see, like this person, someone who is slow playing on purpose, they're being motivated by what they perceive as a positive motivation. Which is the win. The win. They think they're going to win if they play slower. That may not even be true, but that's their perception. Mm -hmm. So in that instance, you must take out the stick because that their their perception is not going to change right right because now it's like okay this thing you want to win you're not going to get it if you don't finish the game now they're going to all of a sudden magically finish all their games mm -hmm. it, you'll you'll be amazed at how much oh i can't finish in this much time well you have to now you do all of right. a sudden yeah. and, if you, and if you go to several events and you're consistently not finishing on time and being penalized for it the factor is you. Like you, this yes. might not be for you. Well, the <laughs> you competitive events might not be for you. And instead of complaining and 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 you know belly itching or belly aching about like you know it's so unfair and so unfair and so unfair, but like ninety nine percent of the people there are doing it on time. Yeah. What's the X factor here, right? Like, well, you get you find out immediately that you're the one that's playing slow. Right. Like immediately, you're like, oh, I'm on turn two and I have ten minutes left. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. That's a hundred percent on me. I'm the one managing my time. Right. And my opponent has forty five minutes left. And I only have 10 minutes left. Whoops. Yeah. I'm the one that's playing slow. And well, it, takes, it, it, it makes it objective. Yeah. And it, it's like we've talked about a lot. Like most people don't mean to slow play, right? And they're, you're just not conscious of it. Like, <laughs> you want to hit <laughs> the only time that you actually realize that like the game is like slow or something like that is if positive. you like lose because the game only goes to like turn two or three. Yeah. If you had one on turns two or three, your brain might not register it as like, oh, I was slow played. So like a lot of times you don't actually realize that you are the problem that is yeah. until you're actually using a chess clock. So mm -hmm. like I realized when I've said this a million times, when we started using clocks, Frankie, we already knew played quickly, but I realized that I played super slow on my first turn, but then I played crazy fast on my latter turns, like five, 10 minute turns. Mm -hmm. But uh, just to kind of give you a, like an idea, if you're playing in a two and a half to three hour time limit game and you're playing, you're assuming you're going to play six turns, you need to be 15 to 20 minutes per turn. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is doable. It's totally it's easily doable. doable. You know? yeah. Even if you take a half hour on your first turn, you can shave a little bit of time off the latter turns and you'll make up for it. But it's like if you're, if you're on hour two and you're going into the second turn, you, there's a big problem. You're going way too slow. And the clock makes you just make it's, it's, choices. And it tells you who the problem is it does. real quick. It's <laughs> super objective. You're going into turn two and you have a uh, you know, half hour left. You can look at exactly yeah. who the problem your is. Your clock's yeah. got five minutes. Mine's got uh, 40 minutes. Yeah. Well, I guess we know who's playing slow. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, just, it fixes those issues and yeah. it makes it so much better. You know, someone's grumbling. You just, yeah. All you got to do is point at the clock. Just, yep. I'm not yeah. doing anything. I'm just sitting here. Yeah. There's the clock. Yeah. It's, it's so yeah. much. It's, it, 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 it is the only answer that works. Mm. Lowering it, the points. The War Machine Horse guys were onto it. it. Yeah. They've been laughing Immediately. They've been laughing at us for years. Did they ever not use it? it? They, they, it they, must have been a problem, like immediately that they sensed. They saw that it was a problem, and they immediately like you have to. It took them a couple of years, but in the War yeah. Machine, because War Machine is such a complicated game, like War Machine and Hordes makes 40k look like relatively simple. It, it, they're both very complicated games, but War Machine is so much about doing the correct order. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like I do this to do this to do this, and this guy goes over and kills your caster. Right. It's like magic, but with miniatures. So yeah. like the the analysis the analysis paralysis in War Machine is much greater than in 40k. And in that game, they were like, they were like, okay, this is we have to do this, or we're never gonna. And they play more rounds than we do too. And it's also different though, because you're not rolling dice on your opponent's turn and stuff like that. So yeah. it, it is a little different. And like uh, somebody was talking about, yeah, it, it is kind of confusing sometimes. You forget to use the clock, forget to press the button. Mm -hmm. uh, that just comes with repetitions. As yeah. soon as you use it like five or six times, you you just it becomes second nature. So. Uh, never mind, Jamba. I'm glad you were a man of good taste. Thank you. My handlebars looking good. But like Frankie said, because a lot of people are asking that. They're like, well, what do you do when your opponent is taking saves on your turn? And this is the beauty of the clock, is that you are in complete control over your clock. So if you want to play it casual, and then you're like, okay, five saves, and your opponent's taking the saves, and you don't care, you'll leave it. You can just let it go on your clock. 
But if you want to be ultra precise, you just click the button and then your opponent does what they're doing and then they click it and they send it back to you. And that's them signaling that they finished their action. Like, yep. okay, I'm done, back to you. So you can have it be as precise or as loose as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where you get a little bit of like leeway, like is this going to be a really serious game or is this going to be a more laid back game? And, and, and the cool thing is, is that you're in control of your clock. Like you have total control over your time. Yep. And that's why it works, right? Like no one else can, can, can goof with it in, in mm-hmm. that way. Right. Um, anyway, sorry, we wouldn't kind of give a long answer to that, but um, after this last tournament, I feel pretty strongly about it. Yeah. It's going to happen. It, yeah, it's going to make the game so much better on a competitive level. Like, it's going to mm-hmm. make the games total. There's going to be no bullshit in regards to, like, the number one complaint of any tournament slow play. That's gone. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, people were asking about knights. Uh, what do you guys think, uh, Imperial Knights or uh, Adeptus Mechanicus Knights, which ones... Are your favorites? Do you have an opinion? Are you guys planning on taking some knights? Uh, I'm not planning on taking any knights, but I think the imperial ones are better. I'm gonna second. I'm gonna back Frankie's play. Uh, House Hawkshroud is my favorite. I'm actively working on making a, a knight. I'm not taking a whole knight army. I'm gonna take three knights. Um, I'm doing a crusader, a valiant, and a gallant. And uh, the uh, valiant, it's gonna be uh, call me Ahab mm-hmm. instead of call me Ishmael because he's hunting Moby Dick. With mm-hmm. his- Harpoon. But uh, he's taking the Relic Flamer. House Hogshroud has a, they can basically overwatch like Tau uh, with one model, which obviously with the Flamer is insane. Yep. Um, and then they can also counter chart or heroically intervene 2d6 inches. But Imperial Knights also get the outflank stratagem, which I don't think that needs any explanation. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's played against an outflanking Shadow Sword knows how good that is. It's um, quite good. It's ridiculous. And the Gallant, though it hits on twos, has five attacks. Mm-hmm. He's so powerful, so powerful. Your opponent has to kill him. Yeah. Just absolutely has to kill him. That means the Valiant gets time to get up there and just start setting everything on fire. The Crusaders in the back blasting shit. I think they're going to be extremely good. Yep. Extremely good. And not to say that the Mechanicus Knights aren't good. They are. Um, they, have, they just do different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you use them with Admech, you have like the automatically explode stratagem, which is pretty good. Um, you yeah. can repair the shit out of them with Admech. I think that the, it just depends on what you want to do. I think knights are great. I yeah. think they're amazing. So. Yeah, I do too. I agree. <laughs> nice. No, I do. I, I think uh, I, I think a Castellan with um, a couple armagers, yeah. Um, yeah. the the Helverins, the shooting ones, um, is a good addition to any Imperial army. Yeah. yeah. Especially with the outflanking ones. Because, yeah, I mean, if somebody has a Shadow Sword, you're like, I will wait. <laughs> yeah. Come on board. Looks like you're going first, sir. Yeah. Come on, yeah. buddy. So, so uh, with Admec, I think you're better off taking like one knight because you can repair. They they can repair so much damage to the knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you take like one shooty knight, have him like hang out in the back mm-hmm. and just get repaired the yeah. heck out of him. Or a couple of the close combat um, mm-hmm. armagers. Mm-hmm. You know, especially yeah. if you're like playing as a guard army and like you, you that would be very helpful for you. Yeah. They have a couple of those guys running around, being able to tear stuff up in close combat. Castellans in the back just blowing stuff up. You know, your guard just surrounding it, doing what they do. Yep. You know, it's. I think they can add a lot to any Imperial army. Yeah, like knights are going to be more fun to play with and against than ever before. Uh, they're really good. There's so many options now. Like, like there's so many different ways to play them that it's really cool, right? Like, you can take one knight, you can take all knights, you right. can take the armagers. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Admech, um, they do have the house trait that lets you move advance and still shoot normally, which with, uh, if you take a bunch of, like, uh, warglaives, the first turn you jam forward, get in the melter range, light somebody up, next turn move and shoot and charge, um, really strong. Yep. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really strong. Uh, and you take the, the knight, the one that gives you reroll ones to hit for the armagers. Which one is it, is it called? Is that a stratagem? Mm, I forgot. No, he just has an aura. Mm, I forgot what they're called. But yes, you take those guys like almost every time. Yeah. Their guns are really good too. They, there are two melter guns and yeah. a, a, a chain blade that now can have a sweeping attack. So yep. They're really good, man. I can't wait to see how it shakes up the meta because it is going to shake up the meta. We'll start yeah. seeing soon enough. Yeah. yeah. With, um, we'll probably see a lot of it at the ones this weekend. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm assuming they're using the rules. And then BAO yeah. is coming up. We should see a lot there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, guys, kind of to... I, We'll make sure to mention this next week, too. I forgot to bring it up earlier. But um, we are looking at revamping the ITC missions. I think now with the way the game has changed and evolved, it's time to make some changes with them. So uh, we're not going to do it until after BAO because everybody that's coming to BAO is already preparing for it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Alex, can't wait to see you at the BAO, buddy. It'll be good to catch up. Start thinking about things you think would make the ITC missions better. 
Like, what secondary missions do you never take and why? What secondary missions do you always take and why? Which ones do you think it would be better for the game if they changed? Which ones would be better for your army if they changed and why? Um, start thinking about that because we're going to open up the discussion to yeah. uh, look at the things we want to tweak. Again, it'll be after BAO. We're not going to change it this close to a big event. Um, and then we're going to roll out the new chess clock rules. Those got um, updated by the Chicago guys. We're really thankful for them for putting in the hard work. Uh, basically just tightening up the language. And uh, we're going to be rolling out the AOS player pack, um, the community pack for the AOS ITC. So we've got a lot on the way. Um, LVO just kind of slowed things down a little bit. So. Yep. Anyway, everybody, thank you for joining us. Uh, remember, LVO uh, expanded tickets for 40K events going up 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Monday the 25th. Uh, you click on the draw or you, will, you probably will miss out. Uh, you want to make sure to grab those. If you snooze, you lose. If you Ooh. snooze, you lose. All right, guys.